0: Hey friend, Mike McCurry here. Welcome back to Bible Tracked Echoes. I'm so very thankful for each and every one of you joining me today. You know, some people wake up on a Monday and they say another day, another dollar. And if you live there, I understand it. I hope you don't, but I hope the daily grind isn't isn't pushing down on you. I'll tell you what, for me, when I wake up on a Monday morning and I have the opportunity to speak to each and every one of you, I can't tell you how privileged I am. I'm not just saying that. The fact that this broadcast is going out across the nation and internationally as well, and it's brought me in contact with so many amazing people just like you. I am blessed. I'm so very uh, honored by the privilege. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to go to the book of Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter 6 is where we are going to find our text today. We're making good time, if you can believe it, through this second gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've been working through Mark for, let's see, uh, probably the last few months now. been taking some breaks with some different uh, uh, things to emphasize and some other opportunities, uh, some preaching and, and a few rabbit trails, but I appreciate you sticking around. I'm looking forward to getting to Mark chapter number six. Grab your Bibles and go there with me if you would. The Bible says this in the book of Mark chapter six and verse number one. And he, speaking about Jesus, went out from thence, and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. We'll get to verses four, five, and six, maybe a little later today or tomorrow. But we're going to talk about this concept and this true uh, situation that so many of us have had to deal with in the past. We're going to deal with how to handle the rejection of friends and family. Now, you recall back in the tail end of chapter number five, when Jesus is going to, to heal, to raise up Jairus' daughter. Remember, he comes to her, and they get sidetracked by the woman with the issue of blood. And then at the tail end, he goes into the house, and the people, when he tells them what's going to happen, when he says the damsel is just sleeping, she's going to rise again, the people, the friends and family that were there, laughed Jesus to scorn. You know, it's one thing to deal with the public at large not uh, believing you. It's one thing these days with social media and Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter and all the, it, it's hard to keep up with all the different social media stuff these days. I, I'm on them, but I'm not incredibly active. I try not to be. There's really not much good on them oftentimes. But in these days, it's very easy to catch flack. Or to end up being uh, called out or uh, thought ill of by people that don't know you. And these people didn't know Jesus at the tail end of chapter five. They laughed him to scorn because what he said honestly, humanly speaking, you understand was a little bit crazy. This girl is dead. She's growing colder by the minute. And he says, she's just asleep. She's going to wake up here in just a minute. We better get her something to eat. And they're thinking, are you nuts? Here we are dealing with grief. And and you know, this hurt people, hurt people, people that are dealing with grief. Sometimes uh, the emotions can get the best of them. We understand all those things. And so for Jesus to be laughed to scorn by these folks, these friends and family of Jairus, that's one thing. But getting to chapter number six, he goes into his hometown. Do you have a hometown? I'd love to hear what your hometown is. I'll tell you how you can tell me about that a little later on. But my wife grew up in small town, Dwight, Illinois, D-W-I-G-H-T, town of maybe 4,000 people, not even 5,000 people, kind of an agricultural area, a lot of corn, uh, soybeans, I believe, and some different agriculture around there, kind of a north central Illinois, about an hour and a half south of Chicago one of those towns where a lot like my most small towns, sometimes everybody knows everyone else's business, right? Well, Jesus realized he's not walking into New York City. He's not walking to Chicago. He's walking into his hometown, and it's a place where everybody knows everybody else's business. Jesus may have been the little boy that played with all the other little boys back in the day when when he when Joseph, his father, his earthly father, was, wasn't teaching him the tools of the trade and how to be a carpenter and all, all that. They know this guy. It says actually, go to verse number four and five, but Jesus said unto them after they were offended at him in chapter six, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. So he's dealt with the scorn of the Pharisees already. We've talked about that previously. He's dealt with the scorn of these uh, folks that don't really know him well. But then he's going to deal with the scorn. He's going to deal with the offense. He's going to deal with just, uh, people can say mean things, can't they? And it's his own family and friends, or at least friends, acquaintances, that are saying this about him. You know, it's one thing, I've learned this as a general rule. If I wouldn't ask someone's opinion about something, then I give less credence to their criticism. If I wouldn't ask their counsel, then I don't really take their criticism too seriously. Now, we got to realize, let's pause here for just a moment, let's talk about criticism. There is normally truth in every critique. I am a big believer. I, enjoy isn't the right word, I relish critique. Because oftentimes, even when it's coming from someone that doesn't know me, it's at least giving me an outsider's perspective. It's giving me a viewpoint of myself that I can't have myself. I can have my two eyes, I can see myself in a mirror, all of that, I can even see myself on camera. But it's another thing for someone to tell me what they think, and sometimes blunt people say things bluntly, I I get that. And sometimes they can hurt feelings, all of that. For me personally, I'm a big believer in criticism. And so if you ever have a critique of this radio broadcast, please understand how much I want you to tell me. I'm not telling you I'm gonna change. I'll be honest with you. But at the same time, I want to hear your thoughts on it. There are people there. There are radio managers, station managers of different radio stations. Every once in a while, I'll either solicit, I'll either ask their opinion, or if they ever call me to tell me something, I take their counsel very highly because they're people I respect. They've been in radio. They've been uh, around things like this for a long time. And when they tell me something about Bible Track Echos, I listen intently. At the same time, though, It really does kind of get you a little bit. It takes you, it feels, it can feel like a stab in the back when someone that you love, someone that maybe you grew up with, someone that's invested in you or vice versa, you invested in them. When they say something to you that can come across as hurtful, something that can cut you to the quick. Man, oh man, it's one thing for people on Facebook that don't know you to comment mean things, but it's a whole other thing when someone who does know you is offended at you, or offended by you, or takes umbrage or issue with something that you've said. That can certainly get you. And this is where Jesus is at. Mark chapter number six here, he went out from thence and came into his own country. And what does it say here, verse number three? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and June and Simon? Are his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. These folks are intimately familiar with who they're talking to. He might have gone to school with some of these people, and they were offended at him. You realize he's coming off a litany, an amazing list of miracles. Of course, Jairus' daughter, the woman with the issue of blood, the 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 uh, maniac of Gadara, calming the sea at the tail end of chapter number four. He gives amazing parables in chapter in in, in chapter number four, uh, looking at uh, just all the way back, calling the twelve and unclean spirits that he casts out, and all these different types of things going back into chapter number two and one and two. The leper that was cleansed, the the man that was paralyzed, all these different types of things, and we get to chapter. number six, and you'd think they'd give him a hero's welcome. Oh, but friend, the world is not, does not always seem just, does it? No. Jesus Christ is the only perfect balance of grace and truth. So we've given the context. Jesus walking to his hometown. Oh, he, he, he's accosted by, confronted by these people that are literally offended at him. And how does he handle it? Does he snap back at them? No, I think we can learn much by Jesus' approach. He observes, yes, that a prophet, a, a person, a righteous man, a, or a woman is, they're, they're not without honor, except for in their own country. People remember that little kid. They don't remember the man or woman that's standing in front of them and who you are now. They don't understand who you are now, realize that. But how did Jesus handle it? We see in verse number five, he could there do no mighty work. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, about how unbelief can short-circuit the work of God. We're going to talk about that. Say, even verse number five, say that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk. We're going to talk about that as well, maybe on Wednesday, and healed them. He marveled, verse six, because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. You know what he did? He did what he was supposed to do. He did what he could do. Is it possible that people around you are limiting your impact? Absolutely. Are they putting you in a little box because you're just a little toe-headed kid that they remember from years past who was you know, too busy making messes and spilling their milk and all that type of stuff? Absolutely. But does that mean that you should stop doing what you know you should do because people around you are quote-unquote limiting you or even offended by you? Absolutely not. You you realize here, Jesus was limited. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, about how there's two ways to make God marvel. Maybe we'll do that on Wednesday, I'm sorry. But we're going to talk about how there's two ways to make God marvel. We find one here. But in in his incredulousness, you know what he did? He did the work he was called to do. He was about his father's business. It didn't cause him to completely shut down and say, well, I guess I can't do anything. No, no. He said, all right, well, if I can't do any work right here, or if I can do a minimal work right here, I'm going to go round about all the other villages teaching, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Friend, don't allow external pressures to cut off your connection with God. Don't allow the exterior forces to keep you from doing what God Almighty, He that resides within you, The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, sometimes we let the indwelling of the Holy Spirit be squashed, be pushed down because of what's going on on the outside. Please be very careful with how you allow. I realize the rejection of family and friends, it's not a fun thing. But please understand that God has something powerful and potent for you to do. If you've got a hometown, I'd love to hear where your hometown is. Maybe you don't even live there now. I'd love for you to text me. Tell me where it's your hometown. I'm going to give you this number one time, real slow. Text me about your hometown. We know where Jesus' hometown was. You, t- you tell me about yours. Your phone number, that phone number that you can text is this, 309-316-7240. Have a great day for his glory. Talk to you tomorrow. God bless.